Well, uh, great to be here. Um, I thought, a bit like last time, uh, we would kick things off this morning uh, with a few questions, uh, just to get you thinking. Um, And unlike last time, I thought we would actually go for a bit of audience participation, if that's all right. Uh, Feel free to raise your hand or shout out uh, your answers if you want to. Uh, So uh, I'm going to ask you three questions. Uh, Then we're going to open up the 12th chapter of Luke's Gospel, continuing our series in Luke. And we're going to see through that what Jesus has to teach us on the whole subject of worry. But first of all, some questions. First question. Here we go. Didn't make this one up. Uh, You might have uh, heard it before, maybe familiar with this one. Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to your life? In other words, who of you, by worrying, can extend your life? Anyone think that worry can actually extend your life? Okay, I don't see any hands or anyone shouting out uh, yes at me. Okay, second question, we're on a roll. Who of you, at some point in your life, have worried so much that you think you might have actually taken some time off your life. It's like, I know I can't make my life any longer by worrying, uh, but I'm pretty sure, pretty confident I've actually shortened my life a little bit by worrying. Anyone in that category? Okay, a few hands going up there. Uh, In fact, I I guess I could ask it like this. Uh, How many of you have shortened the life expectancy of your spouse or your kids or your parents because you worry so much. I'll leave that one for you to kind of, oh, hands going up as well. Uh, Okay, third question. This is a little more complicated, so so just bear with me, Uh, but I think this kind of sets us up for where we're going this morning. I want to think about this. Is there anything more valuable to you than staying alive? Okay, a little more complicated. Uh, Just have a think about it. Another way of framing it is perhaps, what do you value most in all of life. What is the most important thing to you? Now, once you've got something in mind, uh, then I'd like you to think about this question. Will worrying contribute anything positive to the things that you value most in life? I suggest the answer is probably not. And so in summary... If worry doesn't extend your life, and if you think that worrying actually has the potential to shorten your life, and if worrying doesn't enhance or improve something that you consider more important than life itself, then why in the world would you worry? I mean, it doesn't make any rational sense at all. And so, uh, as someone who cares deeply for you, uh, I just want to say this. Stop it. Do not worry. Let's close in prayer. (laughs) I mean, it could, it could be that simple. Kids, uh, that's a joke. We are actually going to go a little longer. The adults already have figured that's the case. Uh, It's like, no one can argue that it's beneficial to worry. We all know, rationally, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And yet, we still worry, don't we? Which is why today's passage is massively relevant for pretty much all of us in this room right now. You see, what Jesus does in today's passage is show us the solution to worry. In a nutshell, Jesus' message is simply this. The things 
that are most important in your life. The things you are most devoted to are the things you tend to worry about the most. In other words, you are going to worry most about the things you care most about. If you want to know what drives, what fuels your worry, it tends to be the point of your greatest devotion. The things that you worry about reflect your core devotions, the things most important to you, the things that matter most to you. Now, it's a morning for questions. Can I throw another one at you? Just consider this while I'm speaking. What would happen if you shifted your core devotion? What what would happen if you changed the things that is most important in your life? What happened to your worry then? Well, that's the end destination that we're going to be heading towards this morning. Let's pick up what Jesus has to say. Luke 12, verse 22. Jesus says, Therefore, just so you know, whenever we see this word, therefore, in the Bible, it tends to be connecting two thoughts. It's not introducing a brand new subject. So Jesus is about to say something that connects, which links with what he's just been saying. And if you're around last time, and if you've got a good uh, memory, hopefully you'll remember that Jesus has just been teaching that our life doesn't consist in the abundance of our possessions. If we spend our whole lives pursuing more and more stuff, more and more wealth and possessions, then we have missed the point completely and will end up with nothing. Therefore, as a result of that, I tell you, it's a command, do not worry about your life. That's pretty general, isn't it? What do you think Jesus means here? Well, basically, I think he's saying, don't worry about what you worry about. And just in case we, we missed the point first time round, Jesus then goes on to address some of the things that people back in his day tended to worry about. Don't worry about your life, what you will eat, or about your body, what you will wear. Yes, if Jesus was addressing us today, he'd put it like this. Don't worry about your kids' schooling. Don't worry about your exams. Don't worry about your job. Don't worry about whether you're going to be single or your life. Don't worry about your health. Don't worry about your future. Don't worry about your retirement. Don't worry about your life. You're thinking, well, Jesus, are you saying that these things aren't important? I think Jesus would say, I'm not saying these things aren't important. I'm not dismissing your job or your family or your health. I'm not dismissing any of these things, quite the opposite. They are important. But there will always be uncertainty surrounding these things. Some of the time, it's not all going to work out fine. But you still don't have to worry about it. You see... What Jesus is going to show us, what Jesus is going to demonstrate is that there is a way to face uncertainty tomorrow without worrying about it, being anxious and stressed about it today. So Jesus says, when it comes to your life, 
Stop worrying. Goes on, verse 23. Life is more than food, and the body more than clothes. It's like he's trying to drag us, trying to pull us out of our hyper-focus on how am I going to pass my exams? And how am I going to feed the family? How am I going to get the kids into the right school? How will my health ever improve? Am I ever going to be able to make ends meet? It's like we focus in on those things and find ourselves getting so worried and so anxious and so perplexed and confused. And Jesus comes along and challenges us to change our perspective, to change our view on what really matters most in life. So for just a moment, I want to try and pull you away a bit from the things that are perhaps concerning you most at the moment. Some of those things you came along this morning just weighing you down, distracting you. Maybe some of those things that almost prevented you from coming today because uh, they're just so big in your life right now. I want to try and pull you away from those things ever so slightly. And I want to try and do it by, again, asking you some more questions. First up, at the end of the day, is life not more than your job? Is there more to life than your job? not saying it's not important, but is your job all that there is in life? Maybe you're thinking, well, it feels like it is at times. But actually, not ultimately. Okay, how about this one? Is life not more than wearing the latest clothes? A tough call. But I suppose, on reflection, I I might have enough clothes to wear already. What about this one? Is life health? Is health all there is to life? Or is life in some way bigger than just your health? Well, yeah, there there are all these other things as well. What about this one? Is life more than just getting married? Is that all there is to aim for in life? It's like, if you get married... That is the absolute pinnacle. Uh, Nothing more to live for in all of life. You've achieved what you were made for. Well, getting married could be a component. It's not everything. So I suppose it, it doesn't warrant giving it all my attention, making everything hinge on that. You see, Jesus is saying, more than anything else, I'm trying to help you here. I'm wanting to help you deal with the root of your worry. I'm trying to get you to just step back from it all for just a moment. But then having got us to this point, how off-beam is this? Verse 24, we looked at this verse a little bit last time. Consider the ravens. I mean, what? I, mean, I haven't got time to go bird-watching. I need a job. I have no transport. I, I don't feel very well. My, my, my family's in enough trouble as it is. What do you mean, consider the ravens? Jesus would stop us in our tracks. Say, are you quite finished? He'd say, look, I'm trying to help you here. I'm not discounting the, the value of any of that other stuff that is pressing on you right now. It's just that you're so focused on all that other stuff, it's become your chief 
focus. It's all you're able to see right now. And your emotion follows your devotion. And before you know it, you're caught in this downward spiral. It's a mess. It's getting out of control. I'm wanting to help you here. From where I'm sitting, you need some advice. Jesus would say, won't you hear me out? Consider the ravens. They do not sow or reap. They have no storeroom or barn. Now, it's so important you don't misunderstand Jesus here. If you misread this verse, you could think that Jesus is either being very, very insensitive to your very real needs, or that he's making fun of all of your hard work. You need to hear this. Jesus is not saying, look, the ravens don't even really try. They just go with the flow. So just drop everything. Relax. Forget all of your responsibilities. Do nothing. Everything will just work out fine in the end. He is not saying that. Read the rest of the verse. Consider the ravens. They do not sow or reap. They have no storeroom or barn. Yet God feeds them. And how much more valuable you are than birds. That is the point. You are much more valuable to God than a bird. Do you believe it? Do you think God cares more for you than he does for some of the birds flying around out there right now? Do you think he's more concerned about you, your well-being, and your life? Now, just to help you out here, remember, you have been made in his image. When God had finished making all the other animals, he created human beings, and he said, this is different. I'm making them in my own image. They're going to bear my thumbprint. When I see them, I'm in some way going to see a reflection of me. In fact, I think I'll send a saviour into the world. It won't be in the form of a bird or a goat or a crocodile or a lion. I'm going to send my son into the world in the form of a human being. So before you sink back into all the things that are worrying you and causing you to be anxious and stressed at the moment, answer this question. Do you think God cares more about you than he does about a bird. I'm going to press you for an answer here. If you think God cares more for you than a bird, put your hand up now. Okay, fair few hands. In which case, I want you to repeat after me. I told you there'd be a bit of audience participation. Repeat after me. I believe God loves me more than the birds. Now, that was reasonably (laughs) half-hearted. I I barely believed a word you were saying. Let's try that again. It's like going back to school. (laughs) I believe God loves me more than the birds. That's slightly better. Now, I want you to listen to this. This is actually really profound. This is incredibly significant. Jesus is saying... This might seem ever so slightly elementary to some of you, but I'm telling you why 
you can face uncertainty and not worry. I'm telling you why you cannot know where you're going to find work and not worry. I'm telling you why you cannot know whether your health will ever improve and not worry. I'm telling you why you can face the uncertainty of whether or not you'll ever get married or have kids or move house without worrying. I'm not trying to get you into denial here. I understand the uncertainties connected with tomorrow, next week, next month, next year, 10 years down the track. But I'm trying to teach you how to face uncertainty full on and not worry. Now again, please don't misunderstand. Jesus here is not encouraging irresponsibility. He's not encouraging just some kind of fatalistic view that will just all work out in the end. Now he's encouraging you to trust your heavenly Father. He's not saying stop sowing and stop reaping and stop storing away in barns. You need to keep filling out the application forms. You need to keep applying for jobs. You need to keep studying and doing your homework and your revision. You need to keep asking people out. You need to keep up with the diet. You need to do your best, set goals, do all of that stuff. But once you've done all you can do in the here and now, I want you to remember that ultimately God loves you more than the birds. So at the end of the day, there is no need to worry. Jesus goes on, verse 25. It is yet another question. Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to your life? already dealt with that one today. I don't think any of us think we can. Okay, verse 26. Since you cannot do this very little thing, why on earth do you worry about the rest? You, you think this whole birds of the air stuff is too basic, too simplistic. You're looking for something a little more theologically meaty today. Well, go ahead and worry about all these other things. What if, what if, what if, what if? What if she does, he doesn't, they don't, I can't, this happens, that happens. Worry, 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 worry. And then stop and ask yourself this question. Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to your life? Does your worry change anything in a positive way? Does it bring you any more certainty, any more clarity? Does it make you feel any better? Does it make things work out differently in a positive way? Does worrying today change what happens tomorrow? No. So Jesus says, I've got an idea. If your worrying doesn't get you anywhere good, how about doing it my way? Look at the birds of the air. Realize God loves me more than them. And if God loves me that much, and if I've done all I can do, I've sown and reaped and stored, if I've done everything I can, can God be trusted with the things that I have no control over? Big question. I think probably he can. And if he can then I'm not going to worry. And I'm not going to worry about tomorrow because I'm trusting the only one who can do something about tomorrow. 
Jesus continues, verse 27. Consider how the wildflowers grow. They do not labor or spin. It's like you do far more than them. You're far more resourceful than a flower. The flowers do pretty much nothing. Yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is just thrown into the fire, how much more will he clothe you? It's like, if God takes care of flowers, and God takes care and watches over birds, and neither of them do a whole lot to earn it or warrant it, why can't you believe that perhaps in the situation you have no control over right now, God can and will take care of you? And then Jesus goes for the jugular. He goes right to the very heart of this whole worry issue. This is kind of where he twists the knife a bit. See what he says at the end of verse 28. Oh, you of little, what's the word? Faith. Oh, you of little faith. This is absolutely huge. If you don't hear anything else this morning, you've got to hear this. There is a connection, there is a link, there is a relationship between the size of your faith and the size of your worry. Jesus is saying, the reason your worry is so big is your faith is so small. Listen, for all those here today who are worried about something right now, it's just weighing you down, it's like all you can think about, all you can see, here is the solution. Have more faith in God. Allow God to become bigger in your mind. If you want your worry, your anxiety, your stress to shrink down, enlarge your view of God. I've got more to say. I just want to pray that God would come right now and do that. You need to hear more than my words. You need need to see God today. Heavenly Father, even now, send your Spirit to us. Cause these words to do more than just kind of float into our minds and then drift out again. Would you give us much more than just head knowledge today? Would you powerfully, powerfully impact us with you? The scale of you, mighty God, your power, your strength, your authority over all things. Help us to to, to grasp what it means for you to be in control over everything. For us to, to, to live within the palm of your hands. And God, for those who just struggle to even believe that you could be close, you could be imminent, you could love us, you could care for us more than the birds. I pray for now, would you pour out your love into our hearts by your Holy Spirit. I want to pray right across this room for encounters with you, fresh encounters with you. Those who are here just a bit hardened to you, just a bit cynical, a little, little kind of weary with life. So I've heard all this before. Holy Spirit, would you penetrate, would you cut right through I want to pray you would give gifts of faith right now. 
where the worry seems legitimate, the, the problem seems so vast and so big. Father, in your goodness and your grace, cause faith to come right now that you are bigger still. Help us to see things in that perspective, I pray. Holy Spirit, as I keep speaking, would you keep speaking? You keep ministering to us, I pray. Amen. More than anything else, we, we need to enlarge our view of God. Jesus continues, verse 29. And don't set your heart, after all of this, on what you'll eat or drink. Don't worry about it. He's saying, don't waste your time stressing about things over which you have little control. Listen carefully, not because they're not important. Actually, they're very important. Not because you should be careless and lazy and apathetic and just do nothing. That's not the point at all. Jesus says, don't worry about those things. After you've done all you can do, leave the future in God's hands. And then he says, verse 30, for the pagan world, that's people around us who don't even believe there is a God, people who don't know him, people who don't trust him as their personal saviour, people who have no first-hand knowledge or experience of his goodness, his grace, his love, his faithfulness. The pagan world runs after all such things. Jesus is saying, you, you, you guys believe there's a God, don't you? You, you know him yourself. You, you can think of ways in which he has changed your life. He's dealt with the biggest problem you ever have. Your sin, the separation, the alienation it brought between you and God. But by stressing out over all these little things, you are acting as though there isn't a God. You're living your whole life practically as an atheist. Look, all of us live alongside people who share all the same concerns and worries in life as us. And Jesus is saying that as you rub shoulders with them, your response to all of these common problems should be so different that the people around us have stopped in their tracks. It's like they're, they're forced to say to us, you cl clearly care about these things. So why aren't you so stressed? Why aren't you afraid? How do you sleep at night? Jesus would say to us, if you end up just getting sucked into worrying like everyone else, there might as well not be a God. Here's your big opportunity. Don't miss it. You get to model something different to the people around you. You're going, well, can't I just wait for another kind of opportunity to come along? I don't know, something like how to handle wealth and prosperity. Uh, how to handle the magnificent blessings of God in my life that utterly amaze everyone around me. Sometimes that does happen, but we don't get a choice in it. Jesus is saying, your struggles and your circumstances are common to everyone. The difference is not the challenge, the difference is your response. Don't worry, don't chase after, don't fret over the things that those who don't believe there's a loving Heavenly Father waste their whole lives worrying about. You should be different. You must be different. Let's keep going. 
Jesus hasn't given us the solution yet. Second half of verse 30, Jesus adds, and your father knows that you need them. All this other stuff we worry about, your father knows you need it all. Now this is what separates the pagans from the unpagans. This is it right here. He says, come on, do you believe that your heavenly father knows that you need these things? Do you believe it in your heart of hearts? Well, if so, wouldn't it make a huge difference if you were to live your whole life with this conviction, with this belief? I'm telling you, it really would. It's an illustration I've used before. I want you just to imagine, if before you went to sleep tonight, an angel appeared in your bedroom. Can you imagine that? An angel appeared in your bedroom and said just two words to you. God knows. An angel appears in front of you and says, God knows. Would that in some way change your life? Would that like be extraordinarily comforting for you right now even if your circumstances don't change wouldn't an angelic visitation like that change everything even if you haven't a clue what's waiting around the corner even if you have no idea what's going to happen tomorrow next year further down the line doesn't this knowledge that God knows give you strength and courage to keep going. I mean, if he knows, I guess I don't need to try and work it all out and worry about all the possible outcomes. Now look, an angelic visitation would be nice. Might be a little scary, but it would be nice. But actually, we don't need one. You see, Jesus tells us in this passage, in no uncertain terms, He knows. He knows that you need these things. He sees right into your situation, all of those pressure points, all the anxiety and stress. He knows. It's His message to you today. He really knows. Which means you don't need to waste time worrying about them. If you could just come to this conclusion, I really believe that God knows what I need. He, he knows about the loneliness. He knows about the depression. He knows all my hidden fears. He knows about the stress. He, he knows everything that's happened in the past, even things I haven't told anyone else about. He knows about my health. He knows about those tests I'm waiting to hear back from. He knows everything. If you could just settle this one today, it would transform your life. So what's stopping you? Well, what's stopping you settling it right now? What more do you need to hear? I mean, it, it, it's written here in bold type, it is God's word to you. He, he hasn't changed one bit. 
He's not going to. He knows precisely what you need. Won't you believe it? And then Jesus gets to the point that he's been building up to. Because there's something very practical we can do, apart from merely trying really hard not to worry. It doesn't tend to work, does it? I'm not going to worry, not going to worry, get even more worried. It says the ultimate solution to your worry is redirecting your devotion. The solution to worry isn't to try harder to stop worrying. The solution to worry isn't just pretend the problems have now all gone away. The solution is right here in verse 31. But, in other words, this is in direct contrast to everything that has gone before. Seek, chase after, keep looking for, focus in on his kingdom. But seek his kingdom, which basically means seeking God's agenda for the world before your own agenda. In your school, in your college, in your business, in your family, in your street, in your finances, in your dreams for the future, you seek first his agenda. You seek first his will. It means saying, I seek your kingdom first and my singleness second. I seek your kingdom first and my wealth second. I seek your kingdom first and my popularity second. I seek your kingdom first and how I want my life to turn out second. In other words, I've made a transfer of devotion from my kingdom to your kingdom. At the end of the day, I want your will to be done in my life more than I want my way. Listen, as long as your primary devotion, as long as the most important thing in your life is getting through school, getting your degree, financial security, a happy marriage, kids that sleep through the night at least once a week, as long as those things are your primary devotion, you're just going to worry But Jesus here is inviting you into a whole new way of living. It's an invitation to every one of us here to surrender our whole lives to him. Not a segment, not an area, when it's convenient, everything. Seek his kingdom. Maybe right now you're thinking, well, what if I do this? What if I offer God everything and he takes it? What if he asked me to do something I don't want to do? What if, what if, what, what, what if? Stop. The whole point is you can't control tomorrow. You might think you can. You might make a jolly good fist at trying to. Ultimately, you can't. So here's the choice. Do it your way or do it God's way. Trust yourself or trust him. At the end of the day, it boils down to who do you trust more, you or God? Right now, Jesus is inviting you to be most devoted to following him and seeking his will, to put all your trust in him, to allow him to take care of tomorrow. And if you do that, he says, end of verse 31, And these things, what you eat, what you wear, all these other things you think you need, will be given to you as well. Why? 
because he cares more for you than he does for the birds and the flowers in the field. And you've been invited into a relationship with him where you can call him your heavenly father. And he knows. He knows what you need. So if you put your faith in him, of course he's going to take care of you. Now just to make this really practical, here's what I suggest you do at some point uh, over the next week while this is reasonably fresh in your mind. Here's what I want you all to do. I want you just to take some time out and write down, make a list of all the areas of your life. School, college, job, family, friends, social life, shopping, paying the bills, planning for your holidays, stuff you do in the church, dreams for the future. As comprehensive a list as you can. Write it all down. Might take you five minutes, might take you an hour or more. Be as thorough as you can. Here's my whole life. Make the list. And then I want to encourage you to pray. I want to encourage you to say, God, I I know what happens when I hold this like this. I just worry. So I want to tell you I am changing my devotions. I'm going to redirect my primary devotion away from all of this. Yeah, it still matters to me. I, I still care about all of this, but I want to learn what it means to seek first your kingdom. So, Father, I'm letting you have all of this. You are more important to me than all of this. You, you know what I want. You know what I need. You, you know all of my hopes and my dreams. Right now, in faith, I'm releasing it all to you. Although it's hard, I'm saying your will be done. I'm devoting my life to you.